Welcome, beautiful people, to my Poetically Saved journey, where I'll be sharing testimonies, truths, and teachings of God. I really hope to encourage, inspire, and connect with you as we spend time with God. Hi, everyone. Um, I hope that everyone is doing really well. Um, it's been a good minute since I have posted I think the last time I posted was last month in January um it's currently February 15th now uh yesterday was Valentine's Day technically because it's 12 14 in the morning so if I sound kind of quiet that's why um I've actually been meaning to do this or share um this particular message, I guess I'll call it, since Saturday. Um, well, God first spoke it to me, like like the Holy Spirit, you know, first spoke it to me on Friday because I've been reading. No, you know what? I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into the backstory in a second. Sorry, y'all. Um need to of course pray first and then I'm going to tell you guys how the Holy Spirit even inspired me to even um, share this word and then um, how I came about how it actually came about um, with me sharing it with you guys or even yeah sharing it with you guys I don't know why I'm like I'm at a loss for words it's probably because it's 12 o'clock in the morning and uh, normally I would have been knocked out since 7, 8 o'clock, but because I don't have to go to work tomorrow or today because it's President's Day, I guess I'm trying to live life on the wild side. Um, so go ahead and get into your prayer posture before we, um, before I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for this day that you have blessed us with, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the person that is listening to this right now, Lord. Wherever they are at within their lives, Lord Jesus, um, wherever they are with their location and with the time um, that they're in in their life, Lord Jesus, or even the season, Father God, you know what they're going through, um, whether they're on the mountaintop or whether they're in the valley, Father God, and you are with them every step of the way, Lord, and you know exactly what they need. And so I truly believe that whoever is listening to this right now no matter if it's today or no matter no matter if it's 10 years from now, Lord, uh, your word stands outside of time, Lord Jesus. And so let this be a blessing to all those that are listening, Father God, in the same way that it was such a blessing to me, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that it's just an encouragement that their hearts are receptive, that their minds are alert, and that their ears are open to hear from you lord use me as you wish and we thank you for who you are we thank you for your time um with us as well in your holy precious name we pray amen so backstory um so i'm trying to make it i'm gonna give you guys a quick little synopsis so basically i have been reading trying to read the bible in a year um through the bible app 
I started in January, obviously January 1st, um, and I fell off quite a bit. Um, it's not even that I wasn't reading every day. It's just that I had so much going on, and I just I didn't prioritize um, reading all the chapters each day like I should have. So currently, I'm like two weeks behind, actually, with um, with the reading the Bible in a year. Um, but I've been staying consistent uh, for the past couple of weeks or so but at the start of it I was consistent then I kind of fell off trying to get back into going back to work and my routine and things like that so I'm trying to get back on so I can read all the chapters that's assigned for each day but um and it's just funny now that I'm saying that out loud that I'm um, it just came to me that of course even though I'm technically two weeks behind on reading the um with the Bible in the year plan that it still worked out. Like God knew exactly what he was going to um, use to encourage me and how he was going to use the encouragement he had for me um, to encourage the rest of his children, the ones that he knows that he needs, that the ones that he knows needs it. Um, so even though I think that I'm two weeks behind with God's time and with God's purpose and plan for this, um, it's actually right on time. So, um, yeah, so this week, basically I've been reading, um, well, how the Bible plan works is that you go, it it has like two or three chapters in order, like starting from Genesis, you know, all the way through. And then it has, one chapter from one of the gospels currently it's Matthew and then one chapter from Proverbs one chapter from Psalms um so I've already read like last year I was determined to read through the entire bible and I got through most of the old testament but I didn't finish so I, that's why I started the Bible in a year plan through the bible app because I was like oh you know if it's more planned out like this it tells me what chapters to read for a day It'll be a lot easier, and it is. It's just up to me to, of course, prioritize and make the time to read all of them. So I've read, long story short, I've read Exodus many times. Um, currently, that's what I'm reading this week or have been reading for the Old Testament uh, part of the Bible is Exodus. And it's the story of um, Moses and Again, I've read this story many, many times, but that's the beauty of the Bible. Oh my gosh, that's the beauty of the Bible, and that's why I just kick myself when I don't read the Bible every day like I should, because it's such, like, nourishment for the mind, the body, and your soul, your heart, but it's also just amazing how God just uses His Word to speak a word to us in different seasons and different moments like he'll point out he'll point out different things to us in different moments will he'll give us different revelation um for different moments and different times in our lives so even if you read exodus you know chapter 3 verse 5 15 times you know and each time god could give you something completely different from each verse and then the 16th time that you read it it's exactly, you know, like, like what you need or you see certain details that you never really realized. 
or you never paid attention to it. Like you read it, but it never really resonated and it didn't click. That's what happens with me, with Exodus um, and the story of Moses. Um, the story of Moses is one of my favorite stories. Um, I just relate to, to Moses. Moses, I, want to, I don't want to say it as a character because they're actual, they were actual people, but I just relate with Moses. Um, he's one of my favorites. Joseph is also one of my favorites. Um, Jacob and Daniel. You guys didn't ask about like, oh my gosh, like who are some people you love from the Bible? But I just want to tell you guys that. Um, but Moses is one of my favorites in the movie Prince of Egypt, which is based off of the story of God using Moses to set the Israelites free from slavery. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always loved that movie and I'm 25 years old and I still absolutely love that movie. Um... So, yeah, I've read the story of Moses many times. I know the story of Moses fairly well, I would say. Um, but, again, the Bible is is always um, giving us new revelation. God is, is always giving us new revelation. And it's a blessing that... Um, it's a blessing for those of us that even have access to the Bible. I was reminded of that in the devotion I read recently. That, you know, the fact that we even have access to God's word is a blessing. So, I'm basically going to be reading from Exodus chapters <clears throat> chapters 3 and chapters 4. Um, I'm going to start off by reading both chapters. And you're going to be like, oh, you're doing too much. Because um, I normally just give, like, um, a few verses from a, ch- a chapter or a book. And then I might provide, like, some more. But this time is different. The way that God spoke to me this time is is different. Um, Should I share about? Yeah, I'm going to share a little bit about how God spoke to me this time. Before I get into what it is that he shared. So basically, yeah, I had been reading Exodus and I noticed some things. Like some things stuck out to me when I was reading. And it just, I was like, hmm. And I just made my little like notes through the Bible app, I just highlighted it, you know, made a little private notes or whatever about certain things. Um, and it was just in my head. And then, um, you know, lately I've been praying to God about like stepping out in bolder faith, like being even bolder in, in my, in my walk with him and in my faith. And also, um, taking bigger steps, like taking bigger actions even if I'm afraid to do it, like, I've been, and I think that as I've grown closer to God, like, and really got a relationship with God over these past few years, I think that I've done that, you know, there's been times he's called me to do things, and I've been afraid, but I still do anyways, so, yeah, I just been asking him, but it's, it's also been times where it's like, I know God has called me to do, like, small things, like, go and talk to that person over there, and ask them, you know, if, ask them if they need prayer, Things like that where I'm like, oh, no, God, I don't want to go up to them and talk to them because, you know, just out of fear, like it's small fears, like just, you know, things that just, there's really no point in being afraid of just going up to a person and being like, hey, how you doing? Can I pray for you? But yeah, so I really have been wanting more to just not let any fear stop me from doing anything like even when it's what seems to be quote unquote small things like talking to a stranger and asking them if I could pray for them. So I prayed that Thursday night and then Friday, um, 
you know, well, I, yeah, I'm not going to share too much about that because I'm going to talk about that later. But anyways, Friday I was talking to my mom just about what I had been reading um, and just what stuck out to me that was different this time. And I just was talking about it, you know, and this is not the first time where I've been talking to her, especially I talk to her about the Bible all the time or just about different stuff that God like shows me or that I learned about God. And each each time I do that, I'm like, dang, like I could really be sharing this on my podcast. I can really be talking about this on my podcast. Like this is some really good stuff that God has, you know, been teaching me or that I'm learning about God. Like, um, like this is just like some really good stuff that could really help people. And I, and it came to me again on Friday. I was like, I really, I was like, this is actually some pretty good stuff. Like this is, I think I'm going to share this on my podcast tomorrow and that's what this was on Friday so then Saturday came I woke up extra early like I usually do even though I want to sleep in until like 12 my body was like no girl even though you don't gotta go to work you finna get up at seven o'clock in the morning and just lay there even though I'm exhausted so that same thing happened and I have been this time thankfully I got up like nine instead of seven but I was still tired and then I remember that the idea came to me again, like, uh, you know, about what I want to talk about. And I was like, oh, let me just write down the, the chapters that I'm going to talk about. And then, and I, I did it on my phone. I usually type the chapters in the title or whatever, the podcast, and, you know, in my phone, in the notes section. And then I was just laying there. And I planned on going back to sleep. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, don't go to sleep. Like, write this down. And I was just like, I don't really know what to say. Like, I don't really know. And then the Holy Spirit just started just, it's as if the Holy Spirit just literally like deposited all this stuff, like all this stuff for me to say. And I was just writing it out and it was just flowing out of me like super easy. Like, I don't know how long it took me to even write it. It feels like it took me no time. And I think that it might have taken me no time, maybe like 20, 30 minutes, maybe 40, but I don't even think it was even that long, but it's just like, it was just flowing out of me like crazy. And as a writer, that's not abnormal for me to get an idea and then me like run with it. And then the words flow out of me so easily, but this time was just different just because it was like, I don't, it just, it felt different because I could feel it was the Holy Spirit. Like I could feel it was the Holy Spirit, like just giving me everything to say and I just typed it all out and it's just like pages long I didn't even realize until I looked back and I'm like dang this thing kind of long and it's like pages and pages and pages and pages everything that that was that came to my mind I just I typed it out literally everything so I'm going to say exactly what I typed out because that's from the Holy Spirit um and I just and once I finished and like and once I knew I was finished Cause there were certain points where I would like, I was typing, I was like, okay, I can wrap it up here. But it was like, no, here's some more. And I was like, okay, I can wrap, I can wrap it up here. I've been writing enough. And it was like, no, no, it's, it's some more. Add this too. So when I finally felt like, or felt like I was finished and I got to the end, I really, like, I felt empty. And I told my mom about it. I was like, um, I was just like, my, I just, I just, I was. I told her about everything and I was like, I just felt so empty after I finished and not empty like in a bad way where I'm just like, you know, you have a certain kind of emptiness that you feel sometimes where you're trying to like fill a void and I was like, I don't feel that way. Um, which I mean, of course, like when you're a child of God and you have a relationship with God, um, 
he fills those voids that emptiness anyways that you might even be feeling but I was like not in a bad way but I was like I just feel like I felt empty like I poured out everything that the Holy Spirit poured into me like I felt full and then after I finished writing everything I felt like I released everything and I poured everything out that I, that he was saying to me and I felt just so good like I just it's made my heart so glad because what I what the Holy Spirit was saying to me to write was also encouraging me as well and I remember that it was raining outside as I was writing and after, after I finished like I just cried and I prayed I cried and I prayed over the people that are going to be listening to this so those of you that are listening to this right now whether I as I said earlier it doesn't matter when you're listening to it but I I just prayed over all of you because I know that this word is for someone or some people in particular at a specific time in your life and so when you come across this please know that it's not a coincidence and I really hope and pray that it blesses you the way that it has blessed me and I'm just so grateful that God chose to use me and that God uses me every single day to fulfill his purpose um yeah I'm just I'm just I was just, I was just really grateful that God used me and I had never felt that before and I it just made me it made my heart so full so yeah um that's just the backstory about what I'm about to share with you guys um like I said I wrote it all out so I'm gonna read it verbatim um because the exact same way I typed it out is the exact same way that I like I heard myself saying it in my head like it's weird like how I talk normally and I add in stuff like that's exactly how I wrote it out <laughs> so when I read it out it's gonna be like the exact same as it would be now like me just talking um so is there anything else I want to say I don't think so so yeah that's about it um so I'm gonna share it. I got like I said I'm gonna read the um scriptures first like I said this is the longest I've ever done before it's Exodus chapters three and four um it's the NLT version for any of you guys that might want to either be reading along right now if you have time to if you're able to or if you don't you can just you know read it later um when you have time to and the holy spirit can just share some hidden gems with you that you can um carry with you and that will bless you of course (laughs) excuse me if you hear me yawning you already know what's up so don't act brand new please all right so exodus 3 uh chapter 1 is where of course i'm starting um most excuse me one day moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law jethro the priest of midian he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to sinai the mountain of god there the angel of the lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush moses stared in amazement Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Sorry, guys. I think I'm going to try to read. I'm so sorry that I'm typing like this. This is so tacky. Um, 
but I'm going to try to read it from my phone instead of my laptop. Because, yeah, where did I stop? Verse, I stopped at verse four. Sorry, y'all. Um, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So basically, for those of you that might not know the backstory about Moses and things like that, I'm not going to really go too extensively into it. You can just go back to Exodus 1 and just read about like the backstory about who Moses is. But basically, um, God called Moses to set the Israelites free obviously obviously the Israelites are God's chosen people um, and at this time uh, the Israelites had been enslaved by the Egyptians for 400 years and they had been crying out to God they have um, been asking him like please deliver us from this deliver us and so that's why he says um, in verse 9 look the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of my people Israel out of Egypt. So God hears their cries. Well, God has been hearing their cries the entire time, but it wasn't their time to be um, released from slavery, released from bondage. So this is where Moses comes into play. It is now the Israelites' time to um, be delivered from from bondage, and God is going to use Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh. Um, to, to go and speak on behalf of God, basically. Like he's going to, whatever God tells him to say to Pharaoh, he's going to go and tell Pharaoh. Um, like, hey, Pharaoh, God is telling me to let, God is telling me to tell you to let his people go. Like, let the Israelites go. Like, their time of being slaves is over. Like, it's a wrap. So that's where we're at right now in Exodus 3. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am with, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. And as we know, this is Mount, this is um, the mountain of God, which is called Sinai. This is going to be um, a very important place as well um, in the story of Exodus with the the Israelites and Moses, but that's neither. I'm not talking about that. Sorry, back on track. Um, but Moses protested, "If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me what is his name. Then what should I tell them?" Oh, sorry. God replied to Moses, "I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel: I am has sent me to you." God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, Isaac, 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 and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. 
This is my eternal name, my name to generation to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all of the elders of Israel. Tell them Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. So, what is God saying? I'm going to kind of, well, what's happening in this last part that I just read? Basically, God is calling Moses and Moses two different times already in just this first well, this is not the first chapter of Exodus, but in Exodus 3, when God is calling Moses, he protests two different times. Um, the first time he asked God, who am I to appear to to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God tells him, it's fine. I'll be with you. Don't worry about it. Like, um, no, I, I'm the one who has sent you. So then he protests again. And then he says, okay, well, if I go to the people of Israel, right, like you're telling me to, and then what if they ask me, like, you know, who has sent me? What is his name? Then what do I tell them? That's what God tells him to say, I am who I am, um, which is also could be I will be what I will be. So basically, God is just telling him, listen, if they ask you who I am, say I am. That's that. That's who I am. I am the beginning and the end. I am everything like that. That's That's my name. And, um, so if they wonder, that's my name forever, um, period. So that's all that you have to tell them. And then he like provides him with more things to, to go and say to the elders of the Israelites. Um, and he tells them as he tells Moses, Moses as well. He's like, listen, you go tell them exactly what I tell you. And they're going to listen to what you're saying. They're going to accept the message and then you will, go up to the king of Egypt or the pharaoh and um you will tell him like hey God is telling me to give you this message to let his people go but I'm already knowing that he's not gonna listen I'm already knowing that I'm going to have to use um miracles I'm, I'm going to, to have to uh, perform different miracles and different plagues against the Egyptians in order for them to actually let you go but don't worry about it because at the end of the day I'm with you. I already have everything planned out. Don't worry about it, Moses. Just do what I'm telling you to do, period. Keep this in mind, okay? Moses is telling God what he can't do, and God is telling him, don't worry about what you can't do. I'm with you. I got you. I already got everything planned out. You just need to just be the vessel that I'm going to use. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Exodus chapter 4. Then it says, Excuse me, but Moses protested again. This is the third time that Moses has protested. 
What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Moses was a shepherd, by the way. Um, Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab his tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out again. His hand was as white as snow with a severe skin disease, like leprosy. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after those two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. So God told him, like, listen, you go to these people and you tell them who I am and who has sent you. If they don't believe you, perform this first miracle. If they don't believe that first miracle or that first sign, perform the second one. If they still don't believe that one, here's the third one. So God gives him three different signs that he can easily perform for um, for the Israelites. Of course, God is not Moses performing them. God is performing them um through Moses, but he's telling him like, hey, even if they don't believe you, here's here's the things that you can do and they'll believe you. And that's that's all that you have to know. So then it says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. So it went from him protesting. to now he's pleading with God. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. Remember that part. This is Exodus 4. Verse 14, then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put words, put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown to you. So I'm going to start right there. Exodus, Exodus 4 verses 17. So basically what happens here is that Moses pleads with God um, to not send him. So um, the first time he pleads with God, he's basically saying, please don't send me because I'm not, I'm not good with words at all. Like I'm, I'm tongue tied. Like I, he says, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Like you don't want to send me to go talk to Pharaoh because I don't even talk that well. Then God says like, God asks him these rhetorical questions like, Hey bruh, who makes a person's mouth? Me. 
Who decides what the people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Me. God. He says, is it not I, the Lord? He says, now go. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you on what to say. Like, bruh, he's basically saying, you don't have to worry about none of that. Am I not God? Am I not the one who has created everything? The beginning, like from the, the from the very beginning, and I already know what the end is gonna be, and I already know what I what I've already planned for everything down to every detail. Are you gonna try to tell me that you can't go? Please, I'm the one who's doing everything, so you don't have to worry about that. Just go. So then he pleads with him again. Moses pleads with God again, like please, just send anybody. Like it doesn't even matter who you send. Just don't send me. And so. That is when the Lord becomes angry with him. He's just like, all right, cool, fine. Like, I'm, I'm not going to send anybody else. I'm going to send your brother Aaron to go with you. Um, you're still going to go. Like, don't think that you got about it this year. I'm still using you. But I'm going to use, let your brother Aaron come with you because Aaron speaks well. Because you're so nervous about talking. <coughs> Excuse me. Because you're so nervous about talking. It's cool. I'm going to send Aaron. He's, he's going to speak uh, for you. He'll be your spokesman. So when I tell you what to say, you pass the message message on to Aaron and Aaron will speak to the Pharaoh on um, your behalf. Aaron will speak to the elders of Israel as well on your behalf. But nonetheless, you're still also going. So don't get it, don't get it twisted. Um, so that's where we ended off with Exodus 4. Um and so the title of this podcast, I don't think I've ever even told you guys the title of my podcast before I even posted, but it's called When When God Called Moses. So originally God only called Moses to go to to go to the Pharaoh and speak on behalf of his people to give Pharaoh God's message, let my people go. But Moses had a speech impediment. More than likely a stutter. People don't really know what it is, but more than likely it was a stutter because he says, like, Lord, you know, my my words get tangled, I get tongue tied. And he pleads with God when God calls him to do what he purposed. Moses tries tried to give God, yes, God the one who created everything, every reason, aka <clears throat> excuse me, aka every excuse. Um Every excuse based out of fear as to why God shouldn't use him and as to why he wouldn't be able to do it. For each reason, God reminds him of who he is and all the things he does in and through us. Yet and still, after having this long back and forth conversation with God, God finally agrees to send Aaron's brother to be Moses' mouthpiece. But note, God is angry at Moses when he finally gives in to his pleas. Now, I'm no Bible scholar, but I believe God was angry with him because after giving Moses every reason why he should feel confident to go on his own, because God is with him and has already gone before him, it still isn't enough to convince him that he has the ability to go. He's still very fearful and uncertain of what he can do, not really realizing or understanding that it has nothing to do with what he can do and everything to do with what God can do and what God can do through him. Let me say that again. Okay. Moses is not confident. He's very he's very fearful and uncertain of what he can do in his own strength as a human. Not really 
realizing or understanding that it has nothing to do with what he can do and everything to do with what God can do, excuse me, and what God can do through him. How many times have we as people felt like God has called us to do something or to go somewhere or whatever the case may be? And we're not looking at things how God does, but we're looking at it through our own human ability and our own human strength. I don't know about y'all, but I've done it plenty of times where I'm like, okay, God, you're calling me to do this. This is bigger than me, but I can't, I can't, I, I, I. And so many times we're like Moses, where God is telling us, like, you don't have to worry about it. Like, I got you. I'm I'm with you. It's okay. And and everything is going to work out. Even when God tells us, like, it's okay. Everything is going to work out for your good. Or even when God shows us the end, if God gives us a vision or if God, um, you know, has a, has a prophet speak a word over us. We're still like, um, (laughs) I don't really know God because you, are you talking about the right person? Because, you know, I don't know if you know, as if God is, is unaware or oblivious to who we are. Um, so God knew Moses had a speech impediment when he called him to go and speak to the Pharaoh. God created him. So, of course, he was well aware of the speech impediment. After all, he is the one that gave it to him. If we're being, if we're keeping it a buck, God created us. So God gave us everything, every strength and every weakness, every whatever, um, every physical feature, our personalities. God, God did it and God did it intentionally. So... God was like, well, I don't care about that little speech impediment. I gave that to you already. I gave it to you. And I, and when I gave it to you, when I formed you in your mother's womb and I placed it, you know, everything and I created you the way that I intended, I purposed that as well into the equation. I accounted for that as well. I wasn't oblivious. Like, oh, Moses is going to have a speech impediment. I don't know if I should send him to, to speak to the Pharaoh. Like God already knew because God made him like what I'm sorry need a little water break um so yeah so it wasn't a surprise to God that Moses couldn't speak well and I believe that's why he called Moses one to show how he can use anyone to do anything he purposes two to get all the glory when people see this man who usually isn't the most eloquent speak with power and might and conviction. People wouldn't be able to deny that it was God who enabled him to do it. And three, to show Moses and us, you know, us as in people that are reading it later, um, that he doesn't use us despite of our weaknesses. He uses us because of our weaknesses to show us that he alone is the one that empowers us to do anything he purposed for us to do. That without him, nothing will be possible, especially for people that are unlikely are the unlikely called ones. In the eyes of man, in the eyes of people, if you wanted to call someone to speak on behalf of God, you would send someone that is charismatic eloquent and has a beautiful way with words someone who was able to convince the pharaoh to let god's people go but no god sent the exact opposite to show that he can and does use any vessel because he is the one that moves within and through them anyway do weaknesses that seem like a hindrance to people 
excuse me, through weaknesses that seem like a hindrance to people are not a hindrance to God. God is super intentional with, with, with everything, with everything. And that's why it's just like, it's amazing to me how much revelation I received when I was reading it. Like people, people like have a certain idea of who they would pick for a certain position or who they would send to go and do certain things. And God is, is in the business of being like, no, 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 I'm going to confound the mind I'm going to con- confuse you guys and be like, because I'm going to send somebody that's the opposite of what you pictured. I'm going to send the opposite. God did this with Moses. God did this with David, who who became the the um, who became King David. And, and David was it was just a, a, a lowly was seen as a lowly, you know, little shepherd boy, the youngest out of all of his brothers. And. Everybody was expecting, oh, like, well, if God, you know, God um, told Samuel, hey, it's time to pick a new king um, of of Israel, uh, and the king is going to be one of Jesse's sons. So go to to Jesse's house, you know, and you'll know who it is, because when you pour out this anointed oil on their head, it's going to pour out. Um, if it doesn't pour out, then it's not them. So he poured it, he was trying to pour it on each and every last one of them. That water, um, not, not the water, the oil did not come out. And David wasn't even invited into the party. David was outside just being a, a good shepherd boy tending to the flock. And that's when Samuel was like, hey, this is not, this is, the oil is not pouring out. And God told me specifically that, that the next king would come out of the family of, of, um, out of your family, Jesse. So what's up? Like, what's good? And then Jesse was like, oh, well, I have one more son, you know, but he, you know, it's, it's I mean, he, I don't, I don't think it's him. He ain't really, he, he not really what I would picture to be a king. They called David in and lo and behold, that oil flowed like the milk and honey in the promised land. Okay. And David got chosen. So David was the opposite of what people thought. Like David was a shepherd boy. And and as it, shepherds weren't seen as being, um, they weren't that role wasn't seen as being something that was highly revered or that was a really important role. Like of course that that role was very important because they took care of the sheep, and you know, sheep had served many purposes. So the role was important, but it wasn't seen as other people as being really important. Like people didn't. I won't say that they didn't really respect them, but they didn't see it as being a really important position. And God used David because God looks at people's hearts, not people's appearances. So people might see others and be like, oh, that person is charismatic. That person has a great personality. That person will be great, a great person to, to go and do this or to go and do that. And God is like, yeah, they have all those qualities and that's great. I knew, I knew that they would because I made them, but their hearts are hardened or their hearts are selfish or their hearts are prideful like God knows people's inner um hearts obviously God knows people's intentions their motives um so yeah God does that I really I really and genuinely do believe that God does that quite often because one he's he's gonna send the opposite to to confuse people and to be like hey like Stop thinking that only certain people that have certain kind of images or certain kind of personalities or that appear to be 
these great people are, are appear to be perfect for a certain position, like as if I only use those people, like I you I can use anybody, and I think that he does use people that are that are just seen as like oh I would have never got to this person I would have never got to this person on purpose to to show you like it does it doesn't matter what you thought about this person or how you thought they were how you saw them I the Lord see them for who they are I, I see them through and through I created them I know what they're capable of because I created them so to you right now they look like a lowly shepherd boy but little do you know that this this person is a king this this person you know I'm I'm gonna use this person to to do amazing things. This person is anointed. David was anointed. That's that was a big thing. It didn't matter if David was a shepherd or a king. At the end of the day, he had God's anointing, which just means that he just had had God's hand on him on his life. When you have God's anointing, that's the most important. That's so oh my gosh! Like when you have God's anointing, like that means that God's hand is on you. That means that God is using you, and that means that whatever God calls you to do. You're not going to fail at it. Whatever God calls you to do, he, I mean, of course, as his children, God is always with us. And so God, God had that anointing, God, excuse me, David had that anointing from God. And even when it comes to Jesus, Jesus was the exact opposite of what the Israelites were expecting. The Israelites were asking God for a king. They were asking God to bring a warrior, someone to come and defend them and to fight on, on their behalf. Jesus came and Jesus was, was meek. Jesus um, was, was, you know, uh, gentle and, and, and loving. Now, please don't get it twisted. Jesus, Jesus was not a punk either. Like, Jesus was not out here like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, like, no. Because Jesus went up into that temple. If you guys don't know the story, um, people, um, the temple obviously is a holy place. It's a place for you to worship God, to, to, to bring sacrifices to God. But there were some people in there that were they, they were money changers in there. They were doing things that were not holy. Basically, they were just completely disrespecting and dishonoring God's temple. And Jesus went up in there and he was flipping tables. And he was like, you you going to do this in, in my father's house? Nah, not going to happen. So don't, don't get it twisted. He's not a punk by any means. But he didn't come, you know, fighting uh, battles in the way that the people thought. Now, he still, now, please keep, keep in mind, we do know that he did fight a battle. He fought the most important battle because he is the reason why um, we can even have a relationship with God. Because he died, his, his blood redeemed us. So that's, that's the greatest act um, of sacrifice, the greatest act of love ever. But Jesus was not what people pictured. And that's why a lot of people rejected him. That's why a lot of his own people rejected him and the prophecies and um, the prophets from the uh, old testament you know prophesied that they, they prophesied that that he would be rejected by his own people because he didn't look like what they were praying for he didn't look like what they were expecting but he was exactly what they needed and he was exactly what god intended him to be so make no mistake that if you are a person where you've been overlooked or you, you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm too this, I'm too quiet, I'm too reserved, I don't have enough of this, I don't have enough of that, I don't have enough. If you're that person, you're, you sound quite like me, okay? 
people see things in me or, or people are like, oh, you're this or oh, you're that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, no, that's not me. Oh, I'm not that. Oh, in order to be this kind of person or in order to have this kind of position, I got to be this kind of person. I have to have this kind of personality. And I don't have that. So that must not be, that must not be me. And over these years, every time God has called me to a position or a place where I'm like, God, are you, <laughs> buddy, what you got going on? Like, what's, what's really good, God? Because I'm confused. I'm really confused. Do you not see that I'm the youngest out of everybody or I'm the least experienced out of everybody? And God is like, I see that and I knew that. And I, <laughs> it doesn't fade me. It, it, it doesn't phase God. Like, we see everything that we're not and God sees everything that we are. God sees who we already are. Like, God sees us for exactly who we are in every moment of our life like even from before you were born God already saw who who you were and after you're born God sees you as who you are and even when you make that mistake or when you when you make the wrong choice or when you're not reading your bible as much you're not praying as much as you should God still sees you for who he created you to be like that's never going to change so yeah um, I said all that to say <laughs> that, uh, sometimes God, quite often God sends the opposite of what people expect just to show, Hey, I can use anybody and I will use anybody as, as long as they, their, their heart, um, they have good hearts and they're, they're chasing after me and they're striving to, to do my will. I'll use anybody that he'll use anybody a homeless person he'll use um a single mother he'll use um he'll use literally anybody I can't even I can't think of any more examples but he'll use anybody and it's usually the person that that is that people least expect and so as I continue to read Exodus which I have again I told you guys I've read so many times God began to point out something I never noticed before and that's just how amazing God and his word are. Like I said, you can read a scripture or a story a million times, but in a, in a specific moment or season in your life, God will open your eyes to something new. So in Moses and Moses is this, excuse me. So in Moses and his brother, Aaron, remember Aaron is Moses is mouthpiece. Um, so when Moses and his brother Aaron begin speaking to Pharaoh, passing along God's demands, Aaron also performs some miracles using the staff. So remember that when God called Moses, he told him to use his shepherd's staff to perform the miracles. So please note this. God originally called Moses to do that on his own, not with the help of Aaron. And it blew my mind when I read that because, like I said, I've seen the Prince of Egypt a million and one times. I read this story a million and one times, I feel like, and it never dawned on me the few verses that I read, like the few verses I read where it said that Aaron, you know, had the staff and was performing these miracles. And when I read it this week, it absolutely blew my mind because I'm like, that's not how, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like it was supposed to be Moses um, doing that. Like God originally intended for it to be Moses not Moses, Moses and Aaron. 
And another thing I noticed was as time passes, so as I, you know, as I continue to read and as time is passing as well within the story, um, and Moses and Aaron keep going to the Pharaoh to give him God's messages that God, um, that Moses began to perform more of the miracles instead of Aaron. And Moses began to speak more instead of Aaron doing all the talking. So time and time again within the story, they have to keep going back to the Pharaoh, telling him, let my people, like, let God's people go. Um, but the Pharaoh's heart is hardened, which God already knew. Um, God already knew that his heart was hardened, that he was going to be stubborn and keep saying no. So God kept on performing these different uh, miracles, like these different plagues. Um, against the Egyptians, he performed 10 of them. So each time that Moses and Aaron would go to the Pharaoh and be like, hey, God said, let people go. And Pharaoh would be like, no forget that they're staying God would um use Moses and Aaron technically to perform a miracle or to perform this sign um this plague against the Egyptians so that's why I'm saying as time as I'm as I continue to read I noticed that um at the at the beginning of it it was Aaron that was going and telling the pharaoh the messages it was Aaron that was using the staff to perform these miracles um but then it starts to shift. And so now it's Moses that begins to perform more of the miracles instead of Aaron. And then Moses began to speak more instead of Aaron doing all the talking. So I believe that God was building Moses's faith in him and confidence in himself because of God. So he began to realize, wow, God really is with me and he is enabling me to do and say all these things. I'm more capable than I thought I was. So we can respond to that by saying, of course, he's with you and gives you all you need to accomplish what he purposes. He's God. After all, he qualifies the unqualified. He, um, he, he qualifies whom he calls. But how many of us would have reacted like Moses if we were in his shoes? Understanding who God is but not being able to look past what we see ourselves as and the limited abilities and weaknesses we have. Sometimes, well, most times, we see ourselves through all we can't do and all the weaknesses that hold us back. But that's not how God sees us. God sees all of who he created us to be. Stephanie Ike said it best. God doesn't see our potential. He sees us as we already are. I'll say that one more time for the people in the back if you, if you didn't get it. Stephanie Ike was a pastor. Um, she says, God doesn't see our potential. He sees us as we already are. So God didn't see Moses' speech impediment. God saw him as the one he would use to set his people which are, you know, God's people free from the bondage of 400 years of slavery. So God saw him as everything he created him to be, even when he first called him. That's how God sees us. So that's why, you know, God saw David as the king of Israel, as, as like one of the greatest kings of, of all time, as, as um, he has one of the, the greatest titles in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. There's nobody else in the Bible that is referenced or that is referred to as a man, as, as um, a man after God's own heart. That's a really, that's a very um, honorable 
title to have, a, a, a name to be referred to. And that was that was who David was. That was and, and God saw that from the very beginning. And that same thing applies to Moses. God saw Moses as being the, the one that he would use to set his people go. To set, set his people go. To set his people free from bondage, from slavery. Like God uses people to do his will. And God already saw, I'm going to use Moses to do my will. It, it didn't surprise him. He planned for it. Um, and so God saw him as everything he created him to be, even when he first called him. Like when Moses was minding his business and, you know, he saw this burning bush and he was drawn to it. God saw him being the good shepherd that he was. And he was like, yep, I already, I already planned to use him. I just got to wait for the right time. That's exactly what he did. How many of, of us have to start seeing ourselves how God does and stop disqualifying ourselves when God has already qualified us? When God already enabled and empowered us through his spirit to do everything he purposed for us to do. Providing us with everything we would need to do, everything he calls us to do in each season and each moment. We have to stop allowing fear to hold us back from walking in the fullness of who God has called us to be. We have to stop seeing ourselves as weak, unable, and unqualified because that's not how God sees us and that's not who he created us to be. We have to start stepping out in bold faith when God tells us to do something, even if we're afraid. God knew Moses was afraid, which is why every time Moses pleaded with God, or protested against God, like, hey, don't send me, with the reason why he couldn't go, with the reason why God couldn't use him. God reassured him with why he could, because he would be with him. When God is calling us to do something big, something we've never done before, something we wouldn't be able to do without him, we need to step into it fully, ready to do what he has called us to do. Is it scary and are you afraid? Yes and yes. Of course it will be because it's bigger than us. But that shouldn't stop us from doing it because it's not bigger than God. And he's the one that called us to do it. For example, um, many of you guys I'm sure have heard or if you've listened to my podcast, if you listen to all of them, appreciate you. You know, of course, you're part of the Poetic Crusade family. But if you've listened to my podcast before... You've heard me mention a different obstacle that I've overcome or different ways that God has used me. And so it's been times that God has called me to do things. And I was afraid um, because I was like, I'm unqualified. Uh, I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. I don't have enough abilities. I'm not good enough. I'm not old enough. I don't have enough experience. Um. So one, God called me to teach at an alternative school my first year teaching, straight out of college. Like I graduated in 2018, was looking for a job, um, got an interview in July of 2018 at an alternative school, um, which I know God was calling me to be. And um, August 2018, I started teaching there. Um. Two, God called me to move to Atlanta, which is where I'm currently at right now. And actually, 
God is so awesome. This this week really makes, or really it was like last week, makes a whole year that I've been in Atlanta. I can't believe it's been a whole entire year since I've been here. It's, it took me a long time to get here. And if you've heard my testimony about how long it took me to get here, you'll understand how uh, important this milestone is for me. Um, but yeah, God called me to move to Atlanta. But before he moved me, he called me to wait. To wait on him and depend on his provision alone, which meant not working for six months until I finally started my job. Which, by the way, I didn't even get the job until I had been waiting for five months. And when the job finally came, it was to teach high school. I didn't have my certification in high school English, only middle school. So, <laughs> those are double things that God called me to do that I was I was afraid of and I had never experienced before and that was bigger than me. Waiting on God and not working even though God was telling me, don't get a job. I was like, God, this is weird. I don't understand why I can't just work while I wait on you to send me to Atlanta. He was like, no, don't get a job. Be obedient. And so I did. It was hard. It was really, really hard. But I did it. I was obedient. Um, and then when I finally got the opportunity to teach after I had been waiting, again, I was waiting for five months before I even, actually, for five months before I got a promising job interview, um, or I was kind of, I was more hopeful at that point. And then like five and a half months before I even got offered the position. Um, and then when I did finally get offered the position, it was for high school English, which I did not have qualification for because I got my degree in middle school English. So God was calling me to teach high school English and I was so confused but I still did it anyways. I did it. I did it um, in faith, in obedience. And it was scary. Of course, it was scary. God knows I was afraid. And it's still even times now where I'm like, I, I'm a little bit afraid. But God always reassures me. And then, And so then on top of that, when God called me to teach, because this is the third thing, uh, when God called me to teach, and then the following year came, which would be 2020 school year. Um, he provided me with the opportunity to teach two grade levels and areas I never taught before. 11th and 12th grade, um, American literature and AP literature. And if you don't know what AP, it just means advanced placement. Um, it's, it's a course that kids can take in high school, which can possibly earn them a college credit in that particular class for when they get to college. That's what AP literature is. Um, and that was the one that I was most scared of. I never taught anything high school related until last year. And you dang skippy, I was scared. When I first even started working there in February, I was scared because I was high school. I was scared because it was a new, it was a new place. I was scared because I just felt unqualified. I felt uncalled. I felt like it was just too big for me. But I still did it anyways because I was like, God, okay, I was waiting this long to be here. You wouldn't send me somewhere that you didn't want me to be. And I got the confirmation without a shadow of a doubt that this is where God wanted me to be. Um, and so then 
the summer of last year when I got offered, when I, when I was asked if I wanted to teach AP literature, I was like, I don't really know about that. But I had been praying to God. I had been praying to God since I started in February of last year to, to, so I could teach English literature. When I first started in February, backstory, um, I was originally supposed to be teaching ninth grade literature, but it took, I don't know, God, in hindsight, I know why. I'm not, not going to get into why, but at the time, I didn't know why it took me so long to actually finally, like, start working there. But I finally started working there. They had already filled that position, so I had to teach a English, it was still an English class, but it was an, an elective class. Um, and so I had been praying to God. I was like, God, like, this is cool and all. And I was like, but you know that I really desire to teach English you know, a, a, like a core, an English core class. So I was praying to him, I was praying to him, but I was being faithful. I was like, God, I'll take this, I'll take this position humbly because I know that this is what you're calling me to do. And if I have to start from the bottom and work my way up, then so be it. And so when I got offered the position and over the summertime, I was like, I have to think about it. Cause at first I said, no, then I called my mom and I was like, oh, this is crazy. And she had to remind me like, girl, you had been praying to God for all these months for an English position this is it and I said yeah but I didn't ask him for an AP I just wanted a regular English course and she said either way it goes like this this is what you asked God for I said you're absolutely right so I hung up the phone from her I called him back and I said I'll take it like I'll I'll, I'll do it and I was afraid you better believe I was afraid but I still did it anyways because I believe that's what God was calling me to do and so each God, each guy, each time God has called me to do something bigger than me, something I wasn't even 100% sure he was calling me to do, but I 100% believed he was calling me to do, um, of course I was scared. So yeah, I wasn't 100% sure he was calling me to do it, but I believed he was. I really did. And Whenever you be, whenever you grow closer to God, you'll get to that place where it's like, because no one is ever 100% sure about anything. Like, I'm even your pastor who might have been pastoring for 20 years, you, you might have been walking with God for 60 years. When God, I'm, I guarantee you, when God calls him to do something, nobody's ever 100% sure that it's God. And that's where faith comes in. So I wasn't 100% sure, but I 100% believed that it was God. So I was like, yeah. I was, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I was scared out of my mind. And even after I said yes, um, even after I stepped into all the things, I was still afraid. Even after I started doing what he called me to do, I was still afraid. I would constantly ask God if he was sure this is, this is what he wanted me to do because I was so unqualified for it all. Um, but God never changed his mind or told me otherwise. Ever, because God never changes his mind. So instead, he constantly encouraged and still always does encourage me. He encourages me by letting me know, one, he is always with me, no matter what. Two, he purposed and equipped me for everything he has called me to do, even when I feel unqualified. Or people, or other people may see me as being unqualified. Because he is working through me and has already given me what I need to accomplish it, it doesn't matter what other people or even I think about my qualifications or lack thereof. 
he called me, so he qualified me. And then three, every time he calls me to something bigger than myself, he is using it for his glory, which is what this is all about, bringing God glory. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I forget that. Like, that the most important thing is bringing, is bringing God glory above all else. So I've been praying and asking God more this week to change my mindset in a lot of the areas where I struggle and I'm weak. In the areas where I see myself through my own eyes instead of his. And he has been doing it. I've been asking God to give me the confidence and faith to step out and do all the things he has called me to. And to take bigger, bolder steps of faith. And that can't happen in comfort zones. But I don't want to be stuck in any comfort zones ever. New things cannot grow in in comfort zones. You got to step out of that in order for anything to grow, for anything big to happen. And I want to always be where God wants me to be, despite how I feel or what I think about it. Even if I'm uncomfortable or afraid or unsure of myself, but I'm sure of God, that's where I want to be. Like, I don't ever want to be outside of his will I don't ever want to be stuck in my fear or uncertainty because that's just gonna stop me from doing all that God has called me to do and I don't ever want to that's I don't ever want that to happen I want to always be where God wants me to be despite how I feel or think about it I want I want my mindset on how I view myself and who God created me to be to change as well I'm determined to let go of doubts, fears, and insecurities because those things will only hold me back from walking in my purpose. I only want things that will push me further into my purpose. Just yesterday, God used someone at work or at my job to present a future opportunity to me. That scares me. And at first, I was like, eh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't have that much experience using the application yet, so I don't know if I could teach others how to use it. I don't really know. Maybe somebody else. And I almost, and almost immediately after I went back into my classroom, God quickly reminded me of the prayers I had been praying all week. In particular, the day and night before. I said, you're absolutely right, God. Doing that scares me, but I've been praying and asking for you to help me step out in bigger faith taking bolder actions my faith can't get bigger and my actions can't get bolder if I don't take the opportunities you give me to move in bigger faith and to take bolder action I think sometimes we ask God for different areas in our lives to grow and become stronger thinking that God will just give it to us wrapped in a box with a big red bow waiting on our doorstep But I've learned over the years that that is the exact opposite of what God does in most cases. If we can do something ourselves, God isn't going to do it for us. And a lot of what we ask for requires us doing it ourselves in order to receive it. When we ask for patience, God doesn't just give it to us. He continues to help us grow in patience by empowering us to show and give patience in difficult moments. He'll use a really long line at the grocery store to help us become more patient. So don't be surprised if the more you ask God for something, the more opportunities you see pop up all around you to do it yourself. 
That's how we really grow, by doing it, not just by receiving it. Now, it's up to you and I to take this word that God is speaking to us and actually do it. Yes, this is for you. I believe if you're listening to this right now, wherever you are, whatever time or year it is, that it is meant for you. Remember, God stands outside of everything and uses anything to speak to us. Are we going to say yes to the opportunity that is presented to us, even though it scares us a little or a lot? Yes, because God is with us. Are we going to step out of our comfort zone and do that thing we are completely completely unqualified for? Yes, because God qualifies us. Are we going to complete that task we are unable to do on our own? Yes, because if God called us to do it, he gives us the ability to do it. So I couldn't help but wonder how much more powerful the story of Moses could have been if he allowed God to fully use him like he originally intended. Thankfully, God uses all things to work out for our good. The mistakes, the wrong turns, we make everything. But I also thought about how much more powerful and impactful the story could have been if after Moses pleaded with God about why he couldn't about why he couldn't go, about why he shouldn't go, about why God wouldn't God wouldn't about why God shouldn't choose him. If he just finally said, Okay God, I'll do it. Your will, not my own. And then as the story progressed, we see how his faith and confidence grow stronger because he knows God is with him in every moment giving him all he needs to do what God purposed him for. And we see this unable, unqualified, weak man do something so big because God made him able, qualified, and strengthened to do what he originally purposed. So do you want Aaron to be included in your story? Do you want it to be Aaron and Moses? Or would you rather just be you and God? Just God and Moses. Just powerful, almighty God. And weak, unqualified you doing mighty, impossible things for God because he's using you. Because he has given you all you need to do everything he has called you to do. Because he has given you all you need to do. To do everything he has called you to. Honestly, I want that to be my story. In that story, God's glory shines ten times brighter. And I am just grateful that the God of the universe who stands outside of time and circumstances. Who is bigger than everything. Looked down from his heavenly throne. Saw me and said, yes. That's the one I'll use. I know I will be glorified through her. Will he be able to say the same thing for you? All right. That's all that I have for you guys. I'm, I'm emptied out. So let's, let's just go ahead and pray. I hope that this word has blessed you. Go ahead and get to your prayer posture for me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time we have spent with you. Thank you so much for this word that you have 
deposited within me that I have been able to share with your children, share with your people, Lord, that has not only blessed and encouraged me, but I know it's going to bless and encourage them, Father God, because this word comes straight from you. Thank you for using me, God, for what you intend and what you purpose, Father God, and thank you for using us. Lord, thank you that we are no longer going to move in fear or doubt, that we are no longer going to see ourselves through our own lenses of being weak and unqualified, but that we will see ourselves as you see us, Lord, and that no matter how afraid or unsure we might be, Father God, about what we're capable of, when you call us to do something, that we're going to step out in faith and do it because we are sure of who you are and we're sure of what you have purposed us to do lord jesus and above all we want to give you all the glory honor and praise because you're the only one that deserves it lord so i pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven lord jesus in your holy precious name i pray amen and for anybody that is not saved that would like to get saved you can say this prayer after me to receive salvation god Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, just for me. I believe he lived, he died, and he rose again. Use me, transform me, and renew me as you see fit. I am yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, congratulations, you are officially saved, and God is so happy, and the angels are rejoicing right now, and it's just a beautiful moment, it's a beautiful day, and if you ever want to reach out to me and just say, hey, or you know, you have, have any questions, any of you guys, whatever, I would love to hear from you, please send an email to me um, at g 95 at com. it's B-R-I-A-N-A-G-95 at gmail.com. And yeah, I would just I would love to hear from you guys. Uh the song of of the day or the song recommendation is um called Famous For. Um it's by Torin Wells and Jen Johnson. Torin is spelled T A U R E N and then it's Wells W E L L S. And again it's called Famous For. Listen to that song if you have not already. It's amazing. I really love it. It's so encouraging. I hope that encourages you as well. And I will talk to you guys whenever I talk to you guys again. Whenever God impresses on me or gives me a word to share, that's when I'll be back. But please, please, please remember that growth is still growth, even if you only take baby steps. I love you and God loves you. Be blessed. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye.